Hi, you're listening to 48 Minutes, and this is Tim Kittrow from NBA Jam. Ooh, boom, shakalaka. You wanted to come with it, done it, we got it with punishment. Nuggets is confident, but they see the one we coming with. Others in love with the drug and this man, we just run it. Long as the public is coming, then we keep them loving it. What is up, everybody? Welcome to 48 Minutes, episode 33. I am one of your hosts, Alex Derrickson. Joining me this week is the mayor of Carl Anthony Towns, Tim Daniel. I actually like that. I, it's been a minute since I whipped out a nickname. I, I thought I'd bring one back for you. Yeah, it's been a long I think the last was Hoop in the Harm, and you ran that one for a while. So I did, I, and I don't think we were doing nicknames once we switched over the show titles either. So No, you're right. Yeah, I thought, thought you know, bring one back. I appreciate it. Yeah, not a, not a problem. I got to come up with one for Sean now. I don't know. Well, he's too busy in Japan, so. Yeah, dick. <laughs> but uh, how have you been? I've been great, man. Um, I forgot to miss last week's show. Yeah, I was that was like I was working Xavier, so yeah. Yeah, um, yeah, which was amazing, by the way. Um, yeah, I've been great, man. So I'm, I'm, this is the first time recording forty eight minutes from Studio Del Tim. Yeah, um, I'm really We're happy living on your own now. Yeah, it's got, great. Got your man. own, got your own digs. Yeah, it's great. Like, uh, it's nice. Like, I talked about this last time we recorded Court Stormers, which is on iTunes and Stitcher and Google Play. Um, that it's so nice that I can now record on like a desk in my in my house without having to put it, like in my mom's basement on the floor, hoping I don't kick my microphone. Well, and little known fact about the earlier episodes, I think one thing that makes us a bit more, you know, technically spectacular is really all of your tracks were done uh, through a late voiceover because you Morse coded everything in, and then I just did a Tim impersonation and recorded <laughs> yeah. them in, in post. Yeah, it was so nuts. to be able to have you, you know, not here physically, but here, you know, spatially across this great plane and the series of tubes known as the internet, it's hopefully hopefully works out well for you. Well, yeah, man, I'm I'm really hoping that too. It's this weird thing. Like, I got on the internet and I was like, "What is this magic?" <laughs> to actually have fast internet. Yeah, I was like, "Oh my god, this is crazy." So, like, we like I said, we recorded Course Summers last night, and I was listening to it today on my way home from work because we actually talked college basketball for once on that show. It was crazy. Oh, man, I'm sure I'm sure everyone's gonna clamor to that one and be like, "Oh, it's on brand." <laughs> yeah, exactly. And I was like, "Man." This sounds really good. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I, I think it helps because you know when we record basically into a vast breadth of a server, you know, like we do, it's I'm, I'm sure internet speed factors into it in some capacity. Oh, absolutely. Yeah, and and like you said, to have a desk, get your mic at the right position, you know, everything else too. It's it's all it's all coming up, Tim, today. Yeah, and dude. yesterday. Good. Well, this is 48 minutes it does post each and every week on itunes stitcher and google play and if you like what you hear and you want to hear with your eyes go to 48minutesnetwork.com where you can check out all of the goodies and fun things we have there for you i'm sorry that i sound a little you know little, little dull today I'm a, I'm a big sleepy boy I uh, did not get a lot of sleep this week, so it's it's been kind of a long week for me. So we'll we'll Dad. We'll, we'll we'll muscle through this one, you and I and the listeners together, and uh, we'll all hold hands afterwards. <laughs> and I may fall asleep, so we will see how this goes. But let's just get into this. Got a got a you know got a few 
few things few things to talk about between between the weeks you know we've got our usual impressed depressed discussions that we'll round out the show with but we've got uh the bulls being told not to tank oh beautiful we got that Kawhi. uh mm-hmm. so got some Kawhi updates it's no longer their party and they're not kawaiing i love that i'm gonna i will i will milk that joke for as long as i can i'm shocked it's not your fancy basketball team name it's too long oh really and... you tried it yeah, it's it's far too long, uh, and I still prefer rolling with Stotts Tots. I um, it's so funny you say that. So when I put together our ESPN Baseball League that we're bringing back this year that we've pl- we played in for years, um, I somehow got away with my name being never iffy if it's Griffey, fitting all of that. I was pretty impressed because CBS uh, we could literally put anything in there. Right, right. Because mine used to be uh, he kisses her on the strike, she kisses him on the balls. Yep. Uh, which I'm surprised they even let me get away with by any sort of filter, but uh, I'm for for this one I'm, I'm still sticking with Pooh's home run derby. Which I saw that. A, yeah, I mean it's it's a good it's a good standby title. Also, uh, one of the most ridiculous flash based games you'll find on the internet. Uh, if if you're if you're at home and you're listening to this and you're wondering what Pooh's home run derby is, just Google search Winnie the Pooh's home run derby and enjoy the most frustrating video game of your entire life because you're going to start it and you're going to be like this is alex is dumb this is an easy game and you're going to move <laughs> to like level two and you're going to be like fuck this fuck piglet and you're gonna and you're gonna you're gonna get past piglet and you're gonna be like fuck kanga and rue and should <laughs> should you should you be the unfortunate soul that makes it all the way to Christopher Robin, you will know what I think most people experience on their deathbed. <laughs> is he, um, so you're saying that Christopher Robin is baseball's uh, Mike Tyson from Punch-Out? Worse. Ooh. E- far, like, exponentially more difficult. Because uh, each, each poog, okay, this is a basketball podcast, but <laughs> yep. each, each character has their own special pitch. And so it's like a pattern you've got to figure out. Like one, like rabbits will hop or like kangas and roos will like move left and right a bunch. Piglets is real slow or like intermittent on speeds. It'll like come at you really slow, then come at you really fast. Christopher Robin is all of them. It's it's whatever. It's like a, a this mishmash of every single character's other pitch plus like his otherworldly pitching abilities that he also has in this game like the 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 difficulty spike and the learning curve of this game is a hundred percent insurmountable but if you're listening at home and not in a car i i would recommend you just hit pause just take a break we'll be here go try and play Pooh's home run derby and uh then come back and see how right i was but uh moving on from that Again, this is a basketball podcast, right? As yep. this as this garbage truck on fire rolls on. Uh the West Coast, man. Crazy. That is a Sean and I talked about it, about how, how tight it's getting, where, you know, there's like a game and a half deciding between the third seed and the and the ninth seed. That's kind of starting to not necessarily break away because I think Portland's sitting at three, 12 games back, and then the Clippers are at nine, 16 games back out of first. So there's a four-game disparity between being the three seed and out of the playoffs. Uh, but currently, combined, the top four teams in the Western Conference are on a combined forty or 39-game winning streak with Houston going 16 in a row, Golden State going six, 
Portland at eight, and New Orleans led by the Unibrowmer, Anthony Davis, uh, with nine straight. I I don't know a time where the West Coast has been this hot for a stretch. Yeah, I think putting Chris uh, Chris Paul and James Harden together really shows a lot, doesn't that? Who would have thought that that was such a good idea? I'll tell right? you who. Everybody. Yeah, I still wish you would have gone to the Spurs, but this is cool. I'm totally yeah. okay with this. Well, I don't I don't know if you heard last week. I, I predicted Isaiah Thomas is going to go to the Spurs. I think that every like point guard that has a rough year. Is gonna be a, at some point be predicted to the Spurs. There's still people writing Derrick Rose Spurs articles. It's it's either they go to the Spurs or they go to the land of Tibbs to get some Tibbs dust and kind of mm-hmm. straighten their careers out and then go and get like a nice little low level deal. But uh, yeah, Houston still only lost one game when Paul Harden and Capella all start, and I'm still I'm still gonna ride this tide of Rockets and five. I am such a believer in the Rockets that I'm having a such tough, tough time talking about them because I don't want to jinx it. Um, I have a tendency to do that, as you know. Um, yeah, it's so crazy because you're talking, like you said, the top five teams, you count San Antonio, it's a 40-game win. They're, they're on a 40-game win streak. Um, and Damian Lillard, since the offset break, has just been out of this world. Uh, fun fact on Damian Lillard. Let me find it here. Uh, you you go ahead. I gotta. I lost this number. Yeah, and then Anthony Davis, who you predicted to be MVP, is now starting to be like, we're like, okay, yeah, right. And now you're like, oh, he's probably in the top three right now with LeBron and Harden. I would say so. Yeah. Uh, I mean, he's averaging 40 a game since Boogie got hurt. And Drew Holiday's been super good since Boogie got hurt, too. Who would have yeah. thought? Um, I think Drew that- Holiday, man, he's he's always good. Like, no one... No one gives him the long-standing credit that I think he deserves. He's NBA's Andy Dalton, like I told you. Like he's that guy that people say he's the line of good and bad, but it's not true. Okay, uh, I'll, I will give you that. Yeah, so maybe it's just because I'm very biased on the other. But well, you're also you know like the Bengals homer of of the three of us, right? Unfortunately, not anymore. I'm done. But anyway, uh, that, yeah, that's true. That's true. Yeah, <laughs> you backed but... out on that. Yeah, it's so it's it's nice, man. It's really cool to see just how much all these teams are doing and how well they play. It makes the NBA fun because the talent level is so stressed out. Um, you talk about Houston and Golden State are the two best teams in the league. I don't think anyone's going to argue that. And they, you know, that's I still think that's a seven game series that anything can happen. Um, you talk about you talked about Capella, Harden, and Paul together, and how crazy that stretch is. I think the most impressive thing about Houston is when they go to their bench, how good they are. That's like, you know, the P.J. Tuckers, the Eric Gordons. The Even adding Joe Johnson. John, Yeah, Montrose Harrell. Like, they're freaking awesome, man. Yeah. Uh, here we go. Damian Lillard has scored 354 points over the past 10 games, which is the new Blazers record. Everyone for the Blazers, I think, right now is hitting baskets. Yeah. <laughs> if you watch them play. Um, last night I was watching a game, and Pat Connaughton had a first-quarter buzzer beater, and he's become a pretty good role player for them, too. And I'm like, I loved him at Notre Dame. He was one of my guests on my show back then. And now he's a role player in the NBA. He's playing consistent minutes. It's really cool to see just how much that Portland team has developed from last year to this year. Uh, Al Farouk Amin has been big for them. Um, you know, they've all those guys have stepped up, and all those guys have gotten better. And... Even Damian Lillard has gotten better, who's already a damn good mm-hmm. basketball player, and he's getting better still. Yeah, and I mean, if you want to like expand outside of <clears throat> just you know the win streaks, I mean, the Rockets' sixteen wins, notwithstanding, because that's 
really goddamn impressive. Uh, Golden State is six in a row, nine and one in their last ten. They're twenty five and seven on the home on home and twenty five and seven on the road. Uh, eight and two in the division, but I've I've shit on that division so much this whole time we've been doing this show that I'm not even gonna look at eight and two as a real stat in that division. Uh, Portland twenty one and eleven at home, eighteen and fifteen on the road, nine and one in their last ten. New Orleans seventeen and twelve at home, eh, twenty and fourteen on the road. Which I mean that that's impressive to have Very. A, that good of a winning record, and then nine and one in their last ten. And most of that's just come through the sheer force of Anthony Davis. Right. Yeah, man. Him and like I said, Drew Holiday has been big for them. Um, Nikola Mirotic has picked up some good minutes, and that's in that you know his role there as well. Um, they're getting a lot from guys that you wouldn't think they would. I mean, obviously, Rajon Rondo has been very good for them as sure. well. Um, but guys like Darius Miller, who, if you don't watch Kentucky basketball, you have no idea who the hell that is. And he's been good for them. Um, Emeka Okafor is now on this roster, which is really funny to me, but he's playing decent when he's getting his minutes. Mm-hmm. I don't know what this Pelicans team is, but I'm enjoying it, man. And I was really loving it with Boogie. I would love him more if he was there, obviously. And I saw today that, from what Anthony Davis is saying, he's expecting Boogie's going to be back next year, and they're going to make a run at the playoffs together. I mean, they're making a run at the playoffs right now. Like, they're... I... They're not gonna, you know. It would have been his first time in the playoffs, and he's hurt. I know. I know. We talked about that last week. Uh, I I don't think like I'm gonna. God damn it! I don't even mean to make this pun, but I don't think like New Orleans is gonna like browbeat Golden State or anything. No. But right now they're looking to take on San Antonio. I think in the in the playoffs as it as it would be, and that's a good series. I think. I don't know. Yeah, I think New Orleans could probably work that one out in, like, maybe six. But once you get into, like, the more shark-infested waters of, like, Golden State or Houston, they don't have it. I mean, they're just not there. I I agree. That's going to be a problem, I think, for every team in the West. Uh, But, yeah, I'm I'm blown away by what the Pelicans are doing. They have been been the feel-good story. And and to make them, like, an analog, I guess, to – a team that they remind me of would be uh, in oh four oh five oh six like the the late Skiles era of the Bulls when like Heinrich was clicking, Deng was clicking, oh yeah, Ben Gordon was clicking, and then like everybody, the one comment everybody made was like they don't have a post guy. They're living and dying by jump shots. They don't have a post dude. They don't have a down under the basket threat. I, they remind me of. That Bulls team, if you kind of if you if you lower some of the talent from the guards and the wings, but up the talent in the post, but where kind of like because they have that one go to guy that's going to just get you everything you need game after game after game, but they still have those other unsung heroes like Rondo, like Holiday, like you said, Darius Miller, uh, and players like that too. Where at any given night, someone else can step up to the plate as well to help that team succeed. Yeah, and what makes me the most sad about it all is that if Minnesota has Jimmy Butler right now, mm. you got to think they're in this conversation. Mm. They're in this conversation for sure, if that were the case. But uh, such is life. They can get him back for the playoffs, which is so far the goal. Uh, but, I mean, then again, there's you know two and a half games separating them from six and nine right now. And Utah is playing great. Uh, they just got Gobert back. So... And you got to think if the if the Timberwolves are a six seed, like that's a successful year for them for what happened last year to where they are now for sure. Sure, 
Especially given like in the conference they play in and the fact that they're so close to being the three seed. Right. You know? So it's I think if you're three through eight in the West, I would say if you're three through nine, maybe three through ten in the West, you can consider this year it just an unmitigated success. Yeah. Because you're not gonna be better than Houston, you're not gonna be better than Golden State, and everything else is so tight. So if you're like Denver or if you're the Clippers or to a far, far, far lesser extent, uh, the Lakers, who I think are sitting at like 11 right now. Yeah, 28 uh, and 35. Yeah, like that's that's not bad. Like you're 20 – so you're – if you're the Lakers, you're six and a half games out. That's – I mean that's kind of a stretch you're not really going to hit. Uh, I don't think – I don't think they're going to get that hot. And with the way Denver's playing, I don't think Denver's going to cool off that much to, to dip out of there. But uh, – yeah, I mean, if you're pretty much Utah to Portland, I would say this year is a pretty hella good season for you guys. Oh, for sure, man. I think that what's going to be really fun is this 3-6-4-5 Western Conference Series and just how mm-hmm. competitive they're going to be. Yeah. Um, that's going to be a blast. I can't wait for that. How excited are you? If, if the playoffs started today, first round is Golden State, Oklahoma City. <laughs> I didn't even think about that. How 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 timmed up are you about that? Um, not as much as I used to be, only because the petty war is over. And is it because Carmelo Anthony continues to play like a husk of himself? Oh my god, man, he was so bad last <laughs> night. When James Harden like drives and he's yelling at Stephen Adams, who's probably the, you know him and Paul George are probably the only two guys in that starting lineup that play defense. Mm-hmm. Um, and he's screaming at him. I'm like, come on, Melo. You're a Hall of Famer. He is the fourth best person in that starting lineup. I agree. Completely agree with you. Um, And, yeah, it's just – it's so frustrating because they're a team that – you remember we started – you know, I look at the Oklahoma City Thunder the way I look at the Kentucky Wildcats right now where they have these really bad stretches where you're like, oh, God, this is just isn't going to click. And then you're like, oh, man, they look good. I'm going to buy that stock. I'm going to get on Bitcoin and buy the Oklahoma City Thunder stock. (laughs) And then that investment in Bitcoin just goes down the drain because they suck again. And I don't know if I'm even confident that they'll make the playoffs at this point. Uh, I think they will. I mean, I don't know. Because all it takes is, like, right now, especially this late in the season. A five-game win streak. Or three. Right. I mean, it takes a three-game win streak and then maybe, like, Utah losing a couple to kind of just really, like, cement that gap. But, yeah, I don't I don't know. I think Oklahoma's – I – I would venture as far as to say is what we're looking at one through eight in the West is probably going to be what it is. Yeah. Come, come playoff time. Even if there's a half game and a game difference between eight, nine, and ten, I I kind of think Houston, Golden State, Portland, New Orleans, San Antonio, Minnesota, Oklahoma, Denver, I would say that eight in that order is probably going to be what we would be looking at come playoff time. Then again, I did say my weird dark horse Eastern Conference pick for the playoffs was Atlanta. So I I don't know what I'm talking about. It's cool, man. It's cool. Um, we don't know what we're talking about. We're just a podcast, remember? Right, but I did say Anthony Davis is MVP and Rockets in five. I'm gonna you did. I'm gonna hold that over your guys' heads if both of those, if either one of those, yeah, c- come to fruition. That that is being held over your head all through next season and the off season. I will tell you, it's really fun predicting the MVP winner because you can brag about that forever. I know. And I had so much fun predicting it last year. Because, well, and everybody plays it so safe. 
and that's half the fun, man. Is yeah, when for you, sure. When you know everybody's going to play it safe, and everybody's going to say LeBron or Russell or Harden, you get you get some asshole like me coming in and being like <laughs> Anthony Davis, and everybody's like, oh! And then he has a red-hot February that he's carrying into a really good March, and everyone's like, oh. <laughs> like, that's right, he is really good at basketball if he doesn't get hurt. Yeah. Also weird. He's still under 25. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Isn't that weird? Yeah. I, there was a list. There was a top 25 under 25. Yeah, I think Giannis was one. Yeah. Uh, I don't agree with that. I still think Anthony Davis is better than Giannis. Markkinen made that list. He should have. Yeah. But there was one that stood out to me. Yeah, Andre Drummond's only 24. What? Yeah. He looks like he's 40. I... Honestly, when I saw that, like, he was 24, I'm like, do you mean 34? <laughs> Dude, yeah, he's... he's <laughs> Or, like, at least 31. <laughs> it's like Greg Oden when you're like, he's 19. God, right. But, like, that <laughs> made sense. It just feels like Andre Drummond's been in the league forever. It's kind of like how, like, Tyler Hainsborough played eight years at North Carolina. <laughs> yeah, Kirk Cousins at Michigan State for 10. Right, like, it's just when I saw Andre Drummond was, Andre Drummond was 24, I'm like, that... Mm, somebody's wrong and it's not me. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I think that makes him and Anthony Davis the same age, doesn't it? That's wild. Yeah, that's crazy. That, that, is, that is wild. I do remember drumming at Connecticut. I do remember him being really good there. Yeah, I I don't know. I just keep thinking about Hashim the beat. <laughs> yeah, dude. That's like, that is like, when you talk about how bad the Memphis Grizzlies are in the history of the NBA draft, like they've been competitive and they've been in the playoffs year in and year out besides this year, obviously. I think they're going into loss 15 coming up. You think about how impressive it is that they continue to go to the playoffs with how bad they draft. Like, there's a Hashim to be pick. There is the, they draft Kevin Love and they trade him. There is the, um, <laughs> there's so many. You know, other than Mike Conley and Marc yeah. Gasol, you're like, well, even well, Mar- Marc Gasol. Marc Gasol was a trade. Yeah, exactly. Just, but they drafted Powell. Myself. Yeah, they drafted Powell. Um, uh, yeah, so let's take, let's look at this real quick before we get to our next topic. All-time Vancouver slash Memphis Grizzlies good draft picks. I think Big Country still counts, even though he had a short career. Sure. Well, I'll give you that one just because that's the one everybody remembers. Bibby. Mm-hmm. And... Yeah, Mike Conley. We're getting, we're getting some. <laughs> I was gonna say we're getting some dead air here, Tim. Yeah, I, think, I think that's it. Okay, end of discussion. All right, so we'll move on here. Uh, seems like whenever you and I do this, we uh, we always get we always get the weeks where the NBA players are using their their platforms to uh, to do some good. Yeah, what's up with or, that? Or to I I hey I appreciate it. I'm I sure it. Pro, Mr. Progressive Adam Silver appreciates it. Because I mean, I think if you before we get into it, I mean, when you when you foster that kind of like level of positivity and like progress, not I don't want to keep saying progressiveness, right. but when you when you foster that culture that that they're doing post David Stern and everything, I think what the NBA is trying to do and trying to become and and trying to reflect based off the support that they have of, of their players. It genuinely feels like, as minus the uh, the issues going on with the officials, mm-hmm. uh, it genuinely feels like the players' union and the league actually, you know, like kind of work together well. Yeah, for sure. Uh, minus like when it gets to be like lockout times and, and things like that, but uh, no, it's 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 good to see. And, and we saw it recently where uh, Demar Derozan took some time uh, to discuss you know his depression. 
which then led to Kevin Love doing a Players Tribune article uh, titled "Everybody is Going Through Something." Everybody has something. Everybody's going through something. Yeah. Everybody's going through something. Talking about uh, that famous incident back in January. I don't. I think famous is overstating it, but uh, where he 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 just kind of you know, bounced from a game uh, and didn't come back, and then missed practice the next day. And he was talking about how uh, he suffers through panic attacks, and you and how you know like it is kind of a invisible disease and how it's it's a situation where I think with him and DeRozan and then I think we're starting to see a few more players kind of come out and talk about it and be like yeah like this is a thing like we all have this or like not all of us but you know uh, it, it's good to much like how LeBron and Durant took their time to kind of you know take on uh, a political soapbox Love and DeRozan are taking one to kind of be like, hey, look, like just because we're talented and rich and athletic and have a very prosperous future ahead of us and could accomplish anything we want in our lives going forward, we still have, you know, we still suffer. We still have stresses. We aren't these perfect, infallible creatures. And I think, especially, you know, not, not to sit there and play male victim. Like, I'm going to sound like I'm about to, but it is a situation where, you know, I don't think it's encouraged a lot for people just in general, you know, just a blanket statement this, uh, to, you know, kind of discuss like mental illness or like stresses or anxieties. Cause everybody, like, as Kevin Love said, everybody's going through something. And I think there's a, there's a, a you know, a time where people will kind of be like, oh, like downplay, like, oh, well, like what I'm going through can't be compared to like what they're going through. You're, everybody's struggle is different, mm-hmm. but everybody's struggle is theirs. And I think it's great to see someone like DeRozan and someone like Kevin Love to step up and own it. Absolutely. I think uh, I tweeted yesterday. I said, you know, I know that us here at 48 Minutes, we're a small blip. We're a very, very, very small fish in this pond that is the NBA community. Um, but, you know, I took time to say I'm proud that we cover a, a league like this, a league where these guys will stand up and speak and, do th- and say things they do. Um, I'm very big on mental health awareness and mental health, you know, taking care of yourself. Um, I wear two bracelets every day. One says out of the darkness, one says ride the wave of life. It's, you know, those are about mental health and taking care of yourself and making sure you're always the best, the best you. And I really respect that those guys really took that time said these things and you know put this out there to say hey you know we're you're not alone and right. yeah we have money yeah we can accomplish everything we want to accomplish but we go through this too um i really respect and if you read kevin love's article thoroughly he talks a lot about how much he didn't realize he struggled with until he went to see a therapist and he doesn't hold back on that either he's like yeah i didn't realize that my grandmother's death caused so many all these issues and that's so cool um that he is so open and so honest and can say that and be like, you know, this is how it is, even as an NBA basketball player, even as an NBA champion, that I, that I you know, I, you aren't the only, you guys aren't the only people that go through this. Right. It's, it's a, we're not bigger or greater than our problems. Exactly. You know? uh, and to take it, a, he took it one step further and he said, you know, the outpouring of support that he's had and everything has, has meant so much to him and that, uh, he actually requested that anyone who wants to can email him 
Yeah, I saw that. Kevin at the Players Tri- Tribune dot uh, with their struggles and their stories, and he actually has said. Uh, Quote, without DeMar coming out, I wouldn't have pressed send. Uh, he also stated that he has uh, started reading the 4,000 plus emails that he's received and ha- he has promised to read all of them. That's super uh, cool. Yeah. And the whole process has been therapeutic. Also mentions that LeBron shook his hand and told him that he helped a lot of people by speaking out. Yeah. And I think that's great. I, I think we as... A younger generation, too, because, I mean, a lot of these guys aren't much older than us. Like, I'm 30, Sean's, you know, in his 30s, you're you're knocking on 30's door. Mm-hmm. I think from, like, 30 to the 35, 36 range, we are, like, and especially, like, the people younger than us, you know, like, the people in their teens and early 20s are starting to be more open and speak out. Yeah. And, and not speak out, but speak up, rather, to be like, hey, like... Yes, there is kind of a silent killer amongst us, and it is mental health issues, and it is something that needs to be addressed. For sure, man. It's so cool um, that you have this, and I think that's a big thing. I think we're going to see more players do this, too. Um, you know, because we don't see a lot of this, and this isn't this isn't my intentional usual rag on the NFL, even though we know I like to do that a lot. But Sure. Um, we don't see a lot of it there, you know? They uh, still deny till, concussions. Right. And the NHL is now, too. I saw that's a huge spiel going on right now. Um, so, you know, you have to respect. You totally got to respect it. Um, it almost made me want to buy. I have to talk about buying a Kevin Love like, player tee for a while, the name and number t-shirt. Sure. That, like, was probably the, the thing that like, kind of sealed the deal that eventually I will. Yeah. I mean, it's... I think people like that need support just the same as people like us when it's, uh, you know, if, if you've got something going on, if I've got something, or if, you, if you're listening to this and you've got, you know, a stress or an anxiety or something like that that you're feeling like you can't cope with or deal with or you're feeling overwhelmed by, <clears throat> no one should ever feel afraid to talk about it. For sure. I mean, I, I've talked to you guys about this on, like, a more private setting, but in a, even in a public setting, like, it's something that I deal with. And I know it's something that, that you know, you've dealt with in the past, too. Uh, mm-hmm. One of the things I always reference is I when I changed jobs and started working in more, like, internally in a more silent environment, I literally had to monitor how much coffee I drank because it actually ratcheted up my anxiety so bad. <laughs> and it's it's something just as dumb as that. Like, can just, like completely shift one's mood uh i think it's great that we're starting to see kind of this outpouring within the nba's culture of players being like yeah like hi we're here we have this like you're not alone absolutely i you know i can't wait to see how more of this comes out more guys kind of step up and i think like you said um guys like lebron who said that tweet out saying you're stronger than you've ever been before to kevin love and Kevin Love and DeMar DeRozan having that moment on Twitter where they both kind of shared that they they appreciate each other kind of speaking out on this. Um, keep it up, League. Keep it up, NBA. Keep it up, NBA athletes. And keep showing your like what you how much you matter to your community right. and to this world because it's an unbelievable thing for us as fans and podcasters and you know bloggers and stuff like that to see it. And we we can't thank you enough for really bringing more attention to situations like this. And and at the end of the day, and this goes for, for all of you listening at home or in your car or however you ingest this this media, uh, we're all in this together. 
I mean, we're all people. We're all humans. We're all on this kind of like same existence on this same planet. And we got to have each other's backs. There's, there's a lot of shit going on. And it can be really overwhelming at times. And your struggle is different from mine and different from Tim's. Uh, speak up about it. Don't be afraid. Don't like bottle it up because that's just going to make it worse. Always, always remember we got to stick together in this. And the people that care will always have your backs. Yeah, I learned that from like guys like you and Sean for sure, man. Well, let's go ahead and head in to what's got us. What's got you excited? Let's let's. We've. I don't want to. I, I don't want to labor on the on on yeah. anxiety and yeah. So let's let's. There's, there's more good going on in the league and in, in the literal basketball field of what's what's got you what's got you pumped on the court, Tim. Alex, can you tell me right now? That Larry Nance Jr. wearing number 22 and LeBron James might have the best two-man lineup on the Cavaliers right now without Kevin Love. They are looking good. They Those two together I saw right now I think are a plus 23 on the two-man lineup. Um, they are very athletic, obviously, as, as a tandem. What a shock. Um, and the, the oops those two throw to each other. You know, You can see how much they enjoy playing together. Um, I really like how George Hill put it that we're all a bunch of Robins playing with Batman and Larry Nance has become Nightwing. Nightwing. Yeah. Nightwing yes, we there were on the go. same page there. <laughs> um, I Mr. Don't, Freeze. <laughs> I don't know exactly how long that, I mean, I think that they're going to be consistently good. I know there's still about 19 games left and they've had a little up and down since the trade deadline. I think they'll be fine. I think they'll figure it out. I think they're going to play for the Eastern Conference Championship. I still don't think they're going to win the title. But Rockets I think five. Right, I'm with you. Um, I still think that they're. Uh, I still think they're going to be okay, and I think that they're going to have some Eastern Conference run. They're, they're basically just using these last Eastern Conference, uh, these last regular season games to kind of get it together. Plus, right now they're playing every other night, so you have a lot of opportunities to figure this out. Okay, so you ready for this? Mm-hmm. So, on on the NBA subreddit where I live and breathe as a lurker. Yep. Uh, there's a post on, on the front page from uh, user Morzingus, which is a great name. Uh, the headline is Larry Nance Jr. has been absolutely incredible on the Cavs. So I'm just gonna I'm just gonna read this this post to you. This is this again can be found on Reddit.com/r/nba, and it's uh, from Morzingus. "Quote: I do not think any other player this year has integrated into a new team after a signing/trade as well as Nance. His efficiency is thus far downright magnificent." Goes on with some stats. In nine games and 208 minutes, he's turned the ball over a grand total of twice. Yeah. Has an offensive rating of 140 and a defensive rating of 104, both of the highest on the Cavs by a very wide margin. He is shooting above 60% field goal at 64% true shooting percentage. The Cavs are plus 14.3 when Nance Jr. plays. Compare that to Tristan Thompson, who is a minus 4.4 for the Cavs for a plus minus per 100 possessions that gives them a 21.5 difference in on-off rating between them. That is almost too advanced statistic for me. I don't really know what all that means. A per of 25.5 goes on further to, to editorialize here a little bit, but Guy is the perfect piece for Cleveland. Young, motivated, loyal to the city, strong inside presence who doesn't need the ball in his hands and can make plays when he needs to. Pretty much what they hoped Tristan Thompson would be when they paid him. I mean, the boy is actually from Akron. If that isn't storybook, I don't know what is. 
Yeah, it's so it was so nice. I watched the Pistons game Monday night after I watched. I went to Ninth Region where I saw a local high school high school team beat up another local high school team very bad. Um, <laughs> and then um, I got caught him for a little bit, and he fits in so well. And you can tell he loves where he's there. He loves that he's wearing twenty two. Um, you know, I love that Cleveland said that he's the only guy they can wear. We have to, be, have to honor his dad. Mm-hmm. And when I watched him start at center, I was like, man, this is everything I want Tristan Thompson to be. He gets right. rebounds. When he goes to the rim, it doesn't look like it's in slow motion when he's dunking. It's not like it's like he's going up like and you put it on the, the one speed on your fast forward button on your DVR. He's, you know, he jumps out of the gym. I, I really am excited to see. You know, I think Jordan Hill, I mean, I think Jordan Clarkson and Larry Nance and LeBron and Kevin Love, I think that that, that group of four is going to be something that's going to be really difficult to mess with in the, uh, in the playoffs. Yeah, I mean, time will tell. It's getting close to that time. But uh, I think they made the right moves. I, I'll, I'll, I will always appreciate years down the road Cleveland going like, well, our offseason was stupid. Yeah, and we just, lost the Kyrie trade. Let's like, well, let's just go ahead and make a new team in seven minutes. Right. The craziest texting day of all time between it, the three of us. It really was. They two K'd themselves. Right. But uh no, I agree. Larry Nance, I knew you were going I knew you were going there, so I had that article pulled up. <laughs> uh, <laughs> but uh You know yeah. me too well. No, it was it was a good one. It was a good one. Nan Nance has been perfect for Cleveland, and I don't say that often about players being perfect for teams. Uh I uh, I've got two. I'm kind of vacillating. Sure. Uh one both of these guys are on my fantasy team, so I, I do have a bit some homerism here. Please tell me you saw what I did with Larry Nance in fantasy basketball. I saw that you sat him. Yeah. In a 22 and 15 game. I was so pissed, so I put the claim in and forgot to edit the lineup after I got him. Ah, jeez. <laughs> it's, been... it's the week before the playoffs. I know. I, I've made the mistake a couple times this season not setting my lineups on Mondays. But uh, when you text me, like, I forgot to put Nance in. I'm like, good thing I remembered to set my lineup. That doesn't help you at all, though. Uh, <laughs> so, not to tangentially go back to the damn fantasy baseball. But remember when I drafted DJ LeMahieu? Yeah. And then I just rostered him, even on his off days. I just never benched the dude because I'm like, this is the most consistent person in my roster. So, I just need to remember to always leave him in. Mm-hmm. I have someone like that, and they're making me look like a dang genius from when I drafted them, because I'm pretty sure I may have only sat them like a literal handful of times, but I picked them very, very late in the draft, like towards towards the end. Let me actually, I want to get the actual draft number up here. It's only going to take me a minute, because I already got the app up, because I had to look up their, their stats here. So uh, when I picked them at... 133rd in our fantasy baseball or fantasy basketball draft. Bojan Bogdanovic. Dude. In his last six games, respectively, 19 points, 26 points, 14 points, 20 points, 29 points, and 11 points. Also would like to mention that 14-point game in Milwaukee, he didn't make a shot. Yeah, yeah, those was... were all free throws. Uh, he's also put up uh, in those games eight rebounds, three, four, 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 and three rebounds. A uh, handful of steals and some assists here and there for the season. A pretty modest fourteen points, one assist, three rebounds uh, with a with a per fourteen point one seven. But 
outside of Oladipo, I do not know a more crucial fixture in this Pacers roster right now. Dude, I agree. Um, yeah, because Miles Turner hasn't really put it all together yet this year. He never will, man. I know, I know. He, he has 12 good games a year, and he already spent them last season. <laughs> and I uh, I saw something that really made me laugh about the Pacers that you bring this up. Uh, someone's just like... <laughs> Lance Stevenson is the most exciting 9.3 points per game player in NBA history. (laughs) (laughs) That's that's fair. I love it. Uh, And then then my other guy, I I mean, I really don't have anyone getting me down, so I'm picking two. I'm picking two ups. That's fine. So, uh, in lieu of another guy, I didn't draft him, obviously. This was a free agent. This is a waiver wire pickup. But uh, in lieu of John Wall's absence, we have a very young the Lazarus Pit version of Jose Calderon yeah. and Tomas Sadoransky. Right? Dang. Granted, on paper for the season, slightly under seven points a game, three and a half assists, slightly under three boards, uh, a per 15.99. But uh, just in his last handfuls of games, he always, always gets real close to that double double. He's either getting like, uh, he, let's see, 19.7 assists against Miami. And then he'll put up like a ten and eight game. Uh, see, in, at Philly, he put up seven points, seven rebounds, ten assists. Very just modest numbers. Occasionally, we'll we'll put up a twenty five or a fourteen or a nineteen point game. But uh, he always flirts with a double double. Sometimes flirts with like a real low end triple double. And uh, just really digging what this dude's doing because I think he had some pretty pretty grand shoes to fill. And while he's not exactly filling them, he's kind of getting them resized to fit himself. Yeah, absolutely. So I guess my my down, uh, I'm kind of with you. I don't necessarily have one in the league because the league's been really fun lately. It's been a good week. Yeah, so I'm gonna go make fun of a college basketball team. I'm gonna make fun. <laughs> I'm gonna make fun of the Pitt Panthers, Alex, because this team went eight and twenty four this yeah. year. Yeah. Not only that, in the ACC, they went zero and eighteen. Mm. They lost every conference game they good great kevin stallings who is just like i think he's just you know one of the worst coaches ever in the first place but like dude they were so terribly hilarious to watch so they played virginia who virginia's gonna be the number one overall seed in the tournament next week spoiler alert i know sure um they've scored 37 points total against them in that game they had seven points in the first half at halftime excellent yeah, so I'm going to make fun of Kevin Stallings because I guarantee you that Pitt's probably going to be like, no, 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 he'll have his job next year. We just gave up after DeWan Blair left, and we don't care about basketball anymore. <laughs> I was going to say, like, remember when Pittsburgh was, like, kind of a formidable presence? They were awesome. When DeWan like, Blair was there, they were incredible. Yeah, but, I mean, like, even after that and kind of before that, like, there was this, like, brick of time where I remember what I would do my brackets every year where I'm like, Pittsburgh's a threat. Mm-hmm. Like they can do some damage. It's, it's it's crazy to see how kind of far that's fallen. It's Michigan now. They're like the bracket buster every year now. Ah, oh, God, yeah. That'll be interesting. Be interesting to see how this tournament goes. Yeah, we're gonna have a. Um, so speaking of, I'll plug this real quick. Sure. So Sunday night we're recording our bracket special on Court Stormers, and I'll be up Monday morning. Okay. For everyone to have. So. Yeah. Be on the lookout for that. Are you guys gonna? Now, this is just me being absolutely insane. You should just get together and record you guys reacting to it. I would love to, um, but I think Selection Sunday is at like 6.30. Eh. 
Yeah, and uh, then uh, I got to figure out. I got to watch the NIT now too, because I got to know if I'm going to be working an NIT game next week or uh, not. Yeah, there's that. Yeah. All right. Well, I guess that's out then. But uh, so, <laughs> eyes eyes and ears open for Monday morning for a uh, for a draft or not draft. Jesus Christ! It's not even June. It's March for we Selection the, Sunday. We still have the NBA playoffs to come. Oh God! You talk about playoffs that take forever, man. You know you're like, right, I, but I still I, love them. I. Hate the NBA playoffs, man. <laughs> I hate I, them so much. I only think it's because the last three years we had the same finals. If something were different this uh, year, like if Boston Houston play in the finals this year, are you not going to be excited? I will be, but it's the fact that it will at that point be like June, right? And then and, the drafts the next week. Yeah, and then the fact that like if the first round was best of five again. Yeah, I, I could probably take it. Or if they just got rid of the first round altogether, I could also take that. Yeah, I just it's crazy to me when it starts in like May, and then I feel like it's November, and I'm like, well, it's the Eastern Conference quarterfinals, <laughs> and it's like that's how they start. Yeah, I still love it, though. I mean, I think baseball's got the best format for playoffs right now of anybody. Yeah. Because, yeah, they're still best of seven, but they're three weeks and they're done. Right. I just, I, you know that scene in Groundhog Day, and I know I tweeted this, and I'll probably do it again around, <laughs> around the time of the, uh, oh, whenever one conference semifinals goes to seven games and the other conference semifinals ended in four I'll uh, I'll tweet out Bill Murray in Groundhog Day with the microphone in front of the camera going, "Well, it's Groundhog Day, still, yeah. <laughs> or is it again? It's Groundhog Day again." That's how I feel. That's how I feel every time around the conference or around the conference semis. I'm just like, I can't, I can't do this anymore. <laughs> There's still another round before the last round, <laughs> but that's is the last round for us today because this has been 48 minutes. Each and every week, we post on iTunes, Stitcher, and Google Play. And if you like what you hear, go to 48minutesnetwork.com, where you can get caught up in all the goodies and fun things we have waiting for you there. If this is your first time listening to us and you like what you heard, please give us a review on iTunes. Subscribe to us on your podcast service of choice. Help us get found, get our name out there. If this is not your first time listening to us, thank you, because your patronage and your support helps us keep these mics on each and every week. And gives us something to do every single week to do this because i'm pretty sure the show's just powered by our listeners and our absolute madness mm-hmm. but until next week heel hayward houston is fine <laughs>